Hello, Sorta Awesome Superstars, and welcome to the November Overflow episode. We are just a little bit late, but that's because we're filling in a little last minute here. Obviously, I am not your beloved host, Meg Teets. <laughs> it is Rebecca, and I am joined here with Kelly Gordon. Kelly, a stranger to the Overflow. <laughs> Pretty much. I just looked, and she has not been on, a, on an Overflow episode since July, so we have a lot of catching up to do. Um, but, yes, it's just the two of us. It's yeah. the two of us. We're delighted to be here. We thank you for being here. We thank you for your support. We Always. thank you for your continued support. Uh, you truly help us keep the podcast going, and it means the world to us to have you as sort of awesome superstars. We obviously are missing our beloved host, Meg, and that is because she has been dealing with some major family health crisis. Um, she has already shared with the superstars, shared on Facebook, that her dad has been in the hospital. Her mom also has some health concerns, and so she has been really just kind of, you know, burning the candle from both ends. Yeah, underwater. Emotionally. Mm-hmm. Schedule-wise, lots of responsibilities, and so we're just swooping in to help out, just to help take take the pressure off, give her one less thing to do, and also because Kelly and I absolutely love being able to chat with each other. We Hi, do. friend. Hi. I'm so glad to see you. I know. This is what we were saying just before we started to record Superstars, is that I love talking to Rebecca, and I never get to do this with just her, or it's very rare, I should say. Not never, but it's it's rare. And I love the overflow too, because it's just when we can be the most real. You know, I don't feel like I need to bring like lots of notes and have my speech polished. I can just come be my real self and do girlfriend chat. So I have had a week and a half is kind of how it feels only in the last day. So I was like, this is going to be the perfect thing for me tonight, even though you know, like when we're recording you guys, it's like after dinner, we're doing it. It's dark outside. Of course, also, it's always dark outside anymore. <laughs> um, but so it's it's different than what we usually do. But I was like, this is going to be good. This is like going out to dinner with Rebecca. It's close as I can get. Yeah. In fact, like I brought a little drink. Out. I brought a little um, a little mango wine, it's like can, you know, those like little cans you get at Trader Joe's. So it's adorable. And yeah. it's much better than the water that I brought. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe or maybe not. We'll see. We'll see what happens by the end of the show. Who's yeah, but you're right. This is like a little a little virtual girls' night. I, yeah. I said to my children, I said, hey, I am locking myself in the closet as I record <laughs> all of my podcast episodes in here. And I'm recording a podcast. I am not going to be here for bedtime. Good night. <gasps> I love you. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> Rebecca, that's a big deal. Like when you're in the I house, I mean, Nate can mm-hmm. handle it. But sometimes the kids are like, what? I know. I know. You're ignoring me and you're here. You could come and give me a good night snuggle and you're not. It's fine. They'll, oh they'll all be fine. They'll it is fine. fine. You know what? Last night... <laughs> So we'll get into this a little bit, but I was just done, like wrung out, fried crispy over everything, had no energy left to give. And of course, it seems like those are the nights that my kids just like wander into me, you know, like I'm like surfing the internet or, uh-huh. you know, trying to like watch a TV show, even read a book in bed. And they right, just like right. flop down and they're like, ah, I'm really worried about drama tryouts. What do you think if I don't get a part, I'm going to be so sad. And I'm like... Last night I did, one of the few times I do it, because it's precious when your children are talking to you, and especially the older they get, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't want to shut them down. But I'm like, I I cannot. 
precious child. <laughs> I, I am in bed and I am reading and I feel bad for you and I will talk to you about this in the morning. But like I literally – like I'm waving my hands in front of my face like I have nothing. There's yeah, nothing I- here. I cannot tonight. You just have to take all of your angst and go to bed without me. <laughs> I, I've done that once or twice too where you're just like – I'm sorry. I love you deeply. I I don't have the capacity to share any kind of emotional labor with you any longer today. Mm-hmm. Good night. <laughs> yep. That's how it goes. <laughs> okay. So I want to know how your Thanksgiving was because we haven't even talked. You guys, you know that as a team, we talk on Voxer, but we haven't been just chit-chatty as much lately. And so I was like, I don't even know what you did for Thanksgiving. What did you do for Thanksgiving, Rebecca? Well, as you uh, know, and the superstars may remember, we are always with my family on Christmas Mm -hmm. Day. And so then that means that Nate's family gets literally like every other holiday, you know? Um, And they live by you too, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. They they live local. So we were with Nate's family and his sister hosted this year for the first time instead of his mom. And she really was eager to host and want to do it. But she said, can we just really super simplify things Mm -hmm. and get it catered? (gasps) And so we catered Thanksgiving. And how did you feel about that? It was really amazing. Yeah. Okay. It was actually really amazing. Now, thankfully, the food was really good. There was only one thing that all of us collectively were like, "Mm, this actually wasn't as great. Mm -hmm. The green bean casserole. It just wasn't, it just wasn't as good. But, Everything else was really good. The turkey wasn't all dried out. The mashed potatoes were good. The sweet potato casserole was good. Um, it was it was great. The best part about it, though, was leading up to Thanksgiving, I'm chatting with my girlfriends and everybody's talking about doing their meal plan and figuring out what they're taking where and making their lists and going to the grocery store and figuring out the schedule of what they're going to do first and doing prep. And I I had no prep. I had to pick up dinner rolls and that was it. (laughs) I had no prep. It was so freeing. Yeah. It was so freeing. And then the cleanup was like nothing, you know? Like I didn't didn't have to cook it. I didn't have to go to the store. I didn't have to cook anything. I didn't have to clean up anything. And then when we were done, there wasn't a bunch of dishes and, you know, casserole dishes left over. It was all in disposable stuff because of getting it catered. And, you know, that's maybe not the most elegant. It wasn't the most elegant of meal. But nobody cared. Right. Did you enjoy the day more? Like, that's what I always feel like is when those things are removed, does it free you up to appreciate the people and just the presence more? Most definitely. And and the day before, because Mm -hmm. I would say a lot of the stuff I would do, I would prep the day before. Mm -hmm. And then I would, you know, you wake up and you're putting things in the oven, trying to get the timing right, that you look nice and the food is hot and everybody's ready to walk out the door at the right time. I got to sit and watch a lot of the Macy's Day Parade with my kids, which typically I kind of just catch as I'm going in and out of the room. I mean, it was great. It really was great. We paid more than what we would have paid for groceries. But when you offset the time, which is something that I'm learning as I'm getting older, and I grew up very, very frugal, Mm -hmm. you know, you never, ever pay for 
somebody to do something for you or outsource something that you could do yourself. You just don't do that. And even when I told my mom that we were catering and I told her how much it cost, she was like, <gasps> yeah, but it was <laughs> worth it. Yeah, it was worth it. It was so good. Man. And we had leftovers. Oh, that's I didn't great. I didn't think we would have leftovers. Yeah, but we had plenty of leftovers. Because that's for some people. It's like the leftovers are the point of Thanksgiving to some degree, well, you know, you know, having to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is so interesting. It's funny because my best friend here and I haven't talked to her, but they were going to do the same thing. Somebody on her husband's side of the family was going to host and they just had a baby. And so they said, we really, really, really want to host, but we also just want to cater it. And so she was like, this will be different. You know, like we're used to bringing food. And so it's really good to hear your feedback. I wish that I could like cater or outsource Christmas. <laughs> I wish that I had the ability to find someone that like could shop for me. I think that's the biggest stressor always for me is, especially as my kids get older, you guys, those of you with like older kids, the older they get, it feels like it's harder to shop. And yet, at least for me, I still want to make that like Christmas magic when they were little. And it's just harder yeah. to do. I'm, I'm trying to rethink that a little bit. But yeah. so anyway, you're, you're talking like, uh, cater, cater the gifts. <laughs> outsource, outsource, outsource the entire holiday, not just the meal. Because I was thinking, well, Kelly, you can have somebody cater yeah, the meal. No. But you mean like the whole holiday? Uh, yeah, I mean kind of more the whole holiday, or just <laughs> some of it, even. Because I think there's yeah. that's part of what is hard for me about Christmas is there's just so much to do in one month. You know, like there's mm-hmm. there's parties, and then you're doing calendars, and you're doing Christmas cards, and you're supposed to be shopping, and there's decoration and cookies. And like, there's just so yeah. much at once. So I don't know. Maybe at some point, what I need to do is like figure out a way that I could space it out, you know, which some people do really well. They, they shop all year and that, that sort of thing so that it doesn't feel too much at the end. Because the problem is, Rebecca, is that all those things that, like, I already have cut out a lot of things for the holidays that I just don't find any joy in. And the things that are left are things that it's more painful to cut out. And I will cut them out if I have to. You know, we didn't send Christmas cards for many years. We sent them last year, I think, just to let people know we were still alive. Like, the (laughs) pandemic hasn't taken us down, you know. Um, But yeah, I, I love the idea, though, that you outsource this, like this thing, which is the big thing on Thanksgiving, right? But yeah. it was still a great holiday. And this is it an really option. Was. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, we have also done restaurants on Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, like go we, to a restaurant to eat. Yes. Okay. Nate's grandparents wanted, there was like a shift, you know, like there's a shift in the generations when like one generation is doing all the hosting and then it shifts to the younger generation mm-hmm. stuff. And that older generation wanted to do the hosting but they didn't want to do the hosting Mm -hmm. and we went out to a restaurant and i think we did that two times maybe we did it three times and it was like a buffet and i gotta tell you that that i did not like i did not like that now why what's the difference well you're around all these other people okay you know what I mean? Like, I feel well, like and no Thanksgiving <laughs> and no leftovers. No, seriously, that was going to be point number two is no leftovers. Um, but you're you're around all these people and that's fine. But I feel like the point of Thanksgiving is like really hunkering in and spending some really good quality time with your people and like 
it's sitting on the couch and like taking your pie into the living room and like sitting next to the fire or playing a game or something. And it's not sitting in a room full of other people at a restaurant. Like I, I mean, no offense to those who choose to do it, but like Mm -hmm. it just doesn't translate the same way as what honestly catering did catering the food was there right. the home was there the love was there that same environment was there right. and really thanksgiving i feel like is so much more about the environment yeah and the warm and cozy food um but the environment is so important and i just didn't ever feel that way at the restaurant that is really felt interesting more rushed mm-hmm. too. sure sure that makes sense we have Our never done any of that like we've always we Corey and I have always hosted Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't remember ever going, ever since we've gotten married. Um, so that would be different. And I love to cook, so I think it would be hard for me to cater Thanksgiving. Um, but I love the idea of freeing yourself up to try something new and say, like, is the heart of the holiday, like you're talking about the coziness, the people, the ability to sit on the couch and eat a piece of pie is still sustained. So why not? Like that's, I just, I love that so much. Really, honestly, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So it was, it was a good holiday. We had, we had a nice time, but enough about me. I want to hear from you, stranger to the overflow for so many months. (laughs) Tell us everything. Tell us everything. So it all began in the winter of 1972. No, we won't go back that far. Um, so you guys, I don't even know where I where I like started and stopped in my life. And I'm in the superstars group, so this is not like anything that's brand brand new. I think the biggest thing and I I literally just told our team this this afternoon is I think I might be quitting my job. It's so big. At NPR. So I don't think I'm going to say this anywhere online for a very long time. I'm saying it here. Um because I trust you guys and not that it needs to stay like a huge big secret, just, you know, it's, it's in flux. But I, like many of you, am feeling so burned out and pinched by, you know, year two of the pandemic and feeling like I've been running on almost empty for a really long time. So I have been working in a new job which I think I may have talked about in July, that the show that I used to produce, the show I was originally hired back three years ago at NPR News to produce ended. And then they moved me over to a new show that we launched in October that is a hour-long daily news show. The reason I'm telling you that is that an hour-long daily news show is a butt-ton of work. That's the official term. It is five segments a day that we're booking different guests for. So that's 25 guests a week and like copy and story ideas and um, writing. And then I'm directing the show live every day, which because I'm the only one on our team who has that, that training, which I love directing live, but that takes like three or four of my hours every day. Um, I, I still do have my Fridays off. So I thought maybe that would be okay. But it's just been so much. And what I realized this afternoon is, and I bet many of you could relate to this. When after a year of pandemic, and then of course, you know, for me having my dad die and my mom Alzheimer's is just sucking her right down, being that other thing, which so many people did have pandemic plus, you know, there was some other Mm -hmm. thing that was Mm -hmm. happening in their life that even without a pandemic would be a big life Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I need less, not more. 
like I'm, I'm still not at a capacity where I can take on more um, because I'm drained and my life has changed from when I originally had the job. So the idea that I'm like supposed to be kicking it up eight to 10 notches from where I was also doing daily news, which is not really my jam anymore. I did that. I did that in the TV news world. And it's just, it's a grind and it's a black hole, like just doing daily news of trying to figure out what's the lead story for today. Who are we going to get? How are we going to talk about it? And then what are we going to do tomorrow? Like there's, there's no like satisfaction. It's just this continual churn. It's exhausting. And I didn't want to go back into that when I was looking at going back to work after staying home for 14 years with my kids. I looked at TV news jobs, which would have been a more natural fit for me because that's what I had done before. And that's daily news. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to be back in journalism that bad. Like, I don't want to go back to that. So it's taken me a little time to realize that, oh, I'm back there. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. It, it is a little different. It's not TV news. It's longer segments, um, you know, but still, it's still the daily news. So one of the things I realized about myself, I'd be kind of curious to know this about you, Rebecca, as I've been thinking about this over the last couple of weeks, just feeling so, so burned out, is I learned in my teenage years that I am good in an emergency. Like there was a, a youth group trip that we were on and somebody got se- like pretty severely hurt enough that they were going to need stitches, you know, like to go to the hospital. And I went with them. I was the high school leader. It was like a junior high trip. Um, and I went with them and like I – I was fine. Like, I don't really like blood, but like I could comfort the person. I stay very clear headed. I wasn't running around like yelling, you know, like, oh no, oh no. I was like, I knew what to do. And so that, I learned that that day. But then as I've gone through my life, and, and again, this is just a personality thing. Like there's nothing wrong with people who like panic more. That's, this is just how I cope with stress. I get like extra quiet, extra strong, focused and clear. Like, what, which is what is happening is adrenaline is filling my body, right? So this is my body's reaction to adrenaline. Um, so that works really well when you're in a TV news situation, you're doing live broadcasts because things are always going wrong. And I was the one in charge. And so I was in control. Like, okay, I know what to do. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to communicate to everybody really calm and clearly, maybe with a little joke, like that I'm in charge. And then that's translated to me being a mom too. You know, like it's not a bad skill. However, it's it's a really hard way to just to live on that adrenaline. And when you're living in that adrenaline, you don't have the ability to look around and say, what's the big picture here? You know, like you're in triage mode. Like if I'm in a hospital in a war and they're just sending me bodies, I'm going to be like, you go over there, you go over there. This person needs to be seen first. You doesn't. I'm not thinking, how do we end this war? How do we stop right. the bodies right. from flying in? I don't have time for that. Right. And that's what it's been since our show launched on, in October. Um, people have said to me in the newsroom, like, oh my gosh, this is so much work. How are you coping? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know what to do differently. I know that it's a lot of work, but I don't, I don't know what's happening. And it wasn't really until just before Thanksgiving. I feel like what happened when you run in that adrenaline for too long is I was having a very difficult time hearing like mind-body connection sort of stuff. I wasn't listening to myself very well. And so I think what I did is I actually tipped into my reserves and used up all my reserves without recognizing that I was using my reserves. <laughs> so then I was just like, Phew. by the time we got to Thanksgiving, it had been a really hard three days right before our Thanksgiving break. And we did have Thanksgiving and the Friday after off, which was fantastic because not everybody in news gets that. And I had the worst case of Sundays 
this last week. Like I did not want to go back to work. And you know, even when you have a great job, there are Sundays that you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm, I'm tired. I want to sleep in. I don't, it was fun to have, you know, two to three days of not having to report. But when I had my old job, I could always get excited about something because I liked the topics that we were covering or the people we were going to talk to. So I would, I could very easily talk myself out of it. Like, yeah, you're, you know, it sucks that you have to get up early, but then when you get there, you're going to get to talk about this, you know, this expert in the coronavirus or whatever some nerdy thing that I liked. Um, and I don't have that anymore. Like to, just to say, well, I'm going to get up tomorrow and produce some news that's going to be completely forgettable because it's just daily news. And then we're going to get up and do it again. Um, and we don't have enough people to do what they want us to do. And management is like, yeah, that's too bad. That's all we're going to do. So it feels like we're stuck a little bit. So today I actually went in and said, I can't keep doing this. Like I, I have tried and I can't. And I don't, I don't know exactly what's going to happen next. Um, I I said, you know, like if there's a way for me to stay here, if there's something other, another job that I don't know about, you know, like looking around at the jobs that are open or the other things that are in the newsroom, I don't see an easy fit for me. But I'm like, if there's something else, let me know. Like, let's let's talk. But otherwise, I'm I'm ready to quit without another job. Like, just I'm done. I can't maintain at this pace. And I know that's true for so many women in this last year. And even now, even still now, even though I think that for most kids in America, at least in the US, they're still in school in person. I don't know of a lot of places that are doing have gone to remote school this year. Um, it's still we're tired. And yeah. it's, it's been a really hard year. So I, I watch and I've watched people leave our own newsroom. Uh, that really, really good, talented people that are leaving because they're burnt out. And they're just like, I can't keep going at this pace. So I think the good news is, is that hopefully, we are doing a good job of not just sacrificing ourselves on the altar of work or, or whatever it might be, you know, saying, wait, I'm, I'm valuable. And this doesn't line up with who I want to be with what I want to do in the world, the values that I have, you know, like being so tired that when my kids come to me to talk, I'm like, I can't. And that was just last night, you know, it was one night, I don't mind one night, but having weeks on weeks on end. And that's how I felt. I'm so wrung out when I get home, I have nothing left. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I will be honest and say, this is really honest that it's hard for me to do this. It's hard for me to take care of myself this way, especially because I feel like I'm quitting, like I'm failing. I'm, I somehow have not been able to keep up. Like I should be able to keep up. And yeah. Like uh, you, you went back to work. Yeah. And it didn't work out. And I'm still not even working full time. You know, like I'm working 32 hours ish a week. So, oh my word, Kelly, you can't even do that. And objectively, right. I know like I mean, all the answers right. to that. No, I know what you're saying. You're, you're, you're agreeing <laughs> yeah. with, yeah. Um, like objectively, I, I'm like all the things that I was, you know, ranting to my husband about for weeks now, all of those things are true. Like I am still trying to do stuff with my kids. I want to be available. I want to be able to breathe. I, I need to deal with my mom. The pace of this show is not sustainable. Management doesn't care. Like all those things are true, but it's hard. It's weird, isn't it? Like how we're conditioned. I feel like, especially as women, to feel like we should be able to do it all. And if we don't, we're like, we have 
we have failed ourselves and culture and womanhood. Wow, that's deep. But yeah, I, I was just having a conversation with one of my girlfriends today about um, some like laziness that I'm feeling like I am having mm-hmm. a problem with. And I was like, being really honest with her. And I said, so I don't know, am I am I lazy? Or am I depressed? Or am I um, having a natural reaction to living underneath immense trauma of the stress of being a mother in a pandemic plus, like what you said, the pandemic plus, mm-hmm. like whatever else is going on? Like, or am I being too hard on myself and I'm actually doing just fine? And it's okay if I get sucked into mm-hmm. a TikTok rabbit hole every now and again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's a constant battle and question within ourselves of, are we doing enough? Are we enough? I, the thing that I keep going back to when I think about your job, though, Kelly, is that you're doing a job that you weren't originally hired to do. Yes. You and know? that's true. And like you, you, you tested it out, but it wasn't a good fit. Like you wouldn't have applied for that job if it was an opening to begin with when you wanted to go back to work. No, I probably wouldn't have. Um, especially now, you know, knowing what I know about my life now and looking at it, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. Like I wouldn't be able to do it. Like Godspeed. It's not necessarily a bad idea, but I can see how you're staffing it. And like, no, it's, it's kind of a startup, you know, like a startup mentality where everybody's just grinding all the time. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to myself, which is even, you know, the good and the bad is when I'm looking for other things, so many other things are full time. I, I really did come into NPR at this unicorn sort of moment where I found a job that was really fit my skill set, really fit my passion. It worked well, like the hours wise for my family, because the show that I did was at 9am. So by the time I got to afternoon, it was, even if I still worked back in the building before the pandemic, you know, like I could leave in the afternoon if I needed to, to go deal with kids stuff, you know, because it wasn't like right now the show that I produce is on at noon. So it's much harder. Like if a kid called me and said, I'm sick, come get me. I'd be like, I can't, like, I, I'm not free until two, you know, um, mm-hmm. instead of being free pretty much at 11. So like the flexibility isn't there. And especially, especially after having a year of plus of working at home where I had ultimate flexibility on my old show of just, you know, helping kids get lunch, helping them with their online schooling. And now I'm back in the office eight to four. And I will say this, you guys know I'm very pro-vaccine. So I'm going to say this, but like we have to wear masks in our building, even though there's only like 20 of us there in a building for like 250 or 300 people. All day, every day, they won't let us eat at our desk or even drink. Like we're supposed to, like if you want to have a cup of coffee, you're supposed to go find an office somewhere. And I'm like, oh goodness, I, it's a bummer. Like it, it definitely makes working in person a lot harder um, when we're in this like super stressful environment. And I'm like, I can't even, like I will like move my mask down and like take a bite of a granola bar and then put my mask back on. Um, but it's just... Everything is so hard. Um, and it was, you know, like when you're at home, you don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about traffic. I don't have to worry about weather as we're going into winter to drive. So yeah, it is. You're, you're right. I would not have applied for this job. Um, and I think that's a good way sometimes to look at it. Uh, I think that life can evolve, you know, slowly over time. And then we're like, why am I so uncomfortable here? 
And if you really look at it, you'd say like, whoa, because I'm not at all doing what I signed up for. It's just not where I thought I was going to be. It's just not the intention that I had, where the direction I wanted to go. And so if nothing else, it's information. It doesn't mean you have to make a decision one way or the other, but just to recognize like, I'm a lot farther, like I've moved from where I thought I was or where I began. Isn't isn't there some um, fable or something about boiling a frog or something? Yes, something exactly. It's like, yeah, Kelly, you're you're a boiled frog. <laughs> all, 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 oh, Rebecca, thanks for seeing my, my pain. I'm a boiled frog. No, but seriously, all mm-hmm. of a sudden, yeah, you've just reached you've just reached your breaking point. You gave it a good go, but yeah, you've just woken up and been like, "Well, shoot, I'm in a <laughs> pot of boiling water. I didn't sign up for this pot. Get me out of here." Yeah. Even though there's a part of me that's like, "I should be able to take the boiling water, darn it." <laughs> what is that coming from? I went straight from talking to uh, my boss's afternoon, to a therapy session, to my counselor. And I was like, well, this is (laughs) well-timed. Because I got there and I was like, why do I feel bad? And she's like, yeah, that's stupid. And I was like, it is stupid. Like, but I can... Well, but you loved NPR and you loved that job that you had before. And it was a good fit for you. And it was a good fit for a good time. And you wouldn't have given it up. Yeah. And so part of it might be a little bit of grief of like yeah. letting go of, hey, this isn't how going back to work was supposed to be. I was supposed to be able to stay in this position, in these flexible hours, in this producing job that I loved so much for much longer. And yeah. it just doesn't feel fair. Right. And that is part of it. I know that yesterday, going back to work after having the bad case of the Sundays, I was just really, really sad. And I thought this is part of it is just grief. Like it's it's the waking up to that I'm in the boiling water and this is not what I jumped into. And just being sad that it's not what I thought it what I wanted it to be, what it was at one point, right? So and that's okay to to give yourself room to say, Well, shoot, this isn't how I thought this was gonna go. And I really liked what it was before. Um and that's that's good. I think that's good to recognize. So I was like, yeah. And and for me, all grief is residual with parent stuff right now. Which actually, Rebecca, so you were so smart and asked in our texting thread for the superstars. Um, if you are not on a on that, I, people can sign up still. Like, do they go into yes. the superstars into the Facebook group and you can say, hey, I want you to text me, right? No, there's a phone number, okay. and you just text us. We'll have it in the show notes because I don't have it memorized. I don't either, um, obviously. But you text, you just text that number. All you have to do is say, "Hey, hello," <laughs> anything generic, and it will automatically ping us, and we'll get your text, and we will uh, begin the onboarding process of getting you set up. There are several different. Uh, like topic lists that mm-hmm. you can subscribe to be part of. I sent one out today for like TikTok Tuesday. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy getting uh, funny TikToks from us or like product recommendations, little behind the scenes things, um, books and reading, like all kinds of different things. And you can select which areas you're the most interested in and then just sit back and enjoy the fun as it as it comes. And it's not it's not overwhelming. But no. yes, definitely sign And the coolest part is that you guys can text us back. So it comes back kind of via an app. 
And it doesn't come to like all of us, whoever is kind of in charge of the account, but it comes back to somebody. So if you're reacting to a TikTok, or in this case, Rebecca said, hey, we're recording the overflow. Do you have any questions? And of course you do. You guys are so good. We're always like, why do we even think of show topics? We should just come to (laughs) superstars and be like, what should we talk about this week? I was like, good golly, these are really good. <laughs> yeah, and there was one in there from D about grief. Um, so let's, I'll, I'll say that, like there's, they kind of range as they always do with us, right? This is just girlfriend chat. It goes from deep mm-hmm. to like silly, but this one is a deeper one. It says like, I would love recommendations on how to deal with grief that I know you've both faced it. We just lost our beloved dog last week. It was sudden and unexpected. How have you dealt with your grief, especially when you have work and family responsibilities? And I was like, first of all, I was so touched because we lost our dog. I mean, she was put down, but it was right before Thanksgiving two years ago. And it remains one of the most awful days of my life. (laughs) Because something about putting a pet down was different than losing a person who knows what's going on to me. Mm. Um, And it, it is hard when you have work and family responsibilities. Like I feel like for me, the answer is there's no right answer. I'll, I'll be curious. You'll have to answer this question to Rebecca, but um, you just have to give yourself time and don't let those little internal voices that are like, oh, you should be over this, or this is silly, it's a dog, or whatever, speak to you. They don't have any power. You know, like hear them and then sass them back because that is not true. Grief runs its own course through each person's life. And you just have to let it run. So if you need to create time, if you need to take time off work, if you need to create a ritual for your family to remember your pet or to remember the person that you lost, um, if you need to say, I need to watch lots of TV because this is this is so painful, I need breaks to stop the pain and just numb out, go for it. If You know what, for me, back when my dad died, I was still working in the job that I liked. I didn't take much time off of work at all. And they said, are you sure? And I'm like, you know what? For me, this is a wonderful distraction. I enjoy my job. It's something where I feel like I can still have agency in a world where, you know, so much we can't control. I'm like, this is this is helping me grieve. Like it was a, a relief to just like plug into the workforce for four or five hours and do my job and do it well on something that I really enjoyed and and not have to think about it. So that was me. But there's a lot of people who would be like, are you kidding? I would never be able to work a few weeks after I lost a parent. And that's okay, too. So you really do have to find your own path and give yourself the grace to pursue it, whatever it might be. What would you say, Rebecca? Yeah, I think the tricky thing is, is, you know, she's asking about grief in general, recognizing that we both have experienced it on some level. But her specific question is about is about a, a pet. And I feel like there is probably less um, automatic support and rituals, like you were saying, for the loss of a pet than what there would be for like like a human loved one, right? So like bereavement pay, like you're automatically at most places going to have the ability to take time off. Um, there's going to be the ceremony of of a funeral service or a celebration of life service, people gathering around you to bring you food, sending flowers. And those things might not come quite as often or as much when it's a pet, but that doesn't mean that that the grief still isn't Mm -hmm, real. mm -hmm. So I think what you're saying and what I would agree with is to allow yourself space to make those things for yourself to 
take the time off of work, even if uh, maybe it doesn't make sense to others. Like, who cares? It's your vacation day. It's your sick pay. It's your mental health day. Like, do it however you need. Um, Simplify food. This is a time to, like, lean on going to Costco and picking up a bunch of those ready-made meals or whatever. Um, It might take a little bit of effort in the front end to, like, actually get yourself out the door and, and going and buying those convenience foods. But then you're going to have so much more time to just zone out, distract yourself. Like you said, if you need to, I really feel like grief is just like one foot in front of the other and dragging, you know, yourself along as slowly as you need to. Mm-hmm. And it really is okay to just sit in it. Right. It's okay to just sit in it, sit in the mess of it, sit in the tears, sit in the sadness And eventually, I think, you know, you're going to start coming up for air and you're going to start to feel a little better. Yeah. A little better. One of the great things that my therapist has said to me when I've asked her questions about grief, because I've just started to see her this year. Um, I'll be like, well, this is happening and I don't know why. And she's like, who who told you that it should happen that way? Like, why do you have this expectation? I'm like, well, when I look around at other people, it seems like it should be X, Y, Z. And she'll be like, hmm, that's them. Why do you think it should be true for you? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And she's just reinforcing the idea that it really is personal. So any time you feel guilt for grieving in any way, like sometimes I've felt grief, like, or I have felt guilt for not grieving the way I think I should grieve. And she's like, that's kind of silly because you're grieving. You're doing it your own way. Like you just can't look at other people. There's no path. And that's, it's, I just have to keep reminding myself of that. But I think that's true no matter what the loss is, you know, just being open to the feelings, trying not to numb them constantly, feel them if they're there, they're not going to last forever. They're not going to kill you, you know, so being present with the emotion and then it will lift, you know. And then you'll get smacked in the head with it again, and it will take you by surprise. Yep. And then you'll cry again, and then it will start to lift again. Yep. Until the next time you get smacked in the head with it. That's just how it is. That's a part of living, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there another question that we want to tackle? I liked liked the one about um, from Celeste about puberty, like how to handle a daughter beginning puberty and how I can best support her. Should I stock a variety of pads for her? What about period underwear? Puberty was difficult for me. Oh, me too, Celeste. And I'm trying to make her experience as untraumatic as possible. So it sounds to me like Celeste's daughter hasn't started her period yet. She's just like, how do I prepare? Well, I don't know what you did, Kelly. And I'm still in the process Mm -hmm. of preparing. But I had very honest conversations with my daughter about what to expect, how things were to go. There's that um, great book, The American Girl. The Care and Keeping of You. Yes. Yes. Maybe a little bit cheesy, but like a way to like open the door, right? It, It opens the door. It's a great way, a great place to start. And then My big thing that I think has brought a lot of comfort to myself and my daughter is that I do have like an emergency pack 
that she can take mm. with her to different places. She has it in her backpack. Her period hasn't started yet, but she has it in her backpack. Um, if she's going um, away on vacation or something, we might take it with us or, or maybe not. Like if she's going without me, you know, like I might send it along if she's going to grandma's or something so that she does have like an extra pair of underwear, a couple different size pads and, um, you know, just something to have on hand that she can know that at any moment if she would need it, it's there. That's so smart. And I love, I have not done this. I did not do this with either of my girls who are both past this hurdle at this point. But, you know, people who will even make it a celebration, like when you get your period, like this is a big deal. This is so exciting. Like, let's, let's party, you know, like, let's do something to mark the day. And I love that idea instead of it being this horrifying thing that that your daughter might be like, Oh, I'm like being initiated into this cool club. Um, You know, which it's not always going to feel like that. I think that one of the things that has just been real for, for me and my girls has been that even as positive as you can make it and as much as you can equip them, it's still a big change. And so I think about the movie Inside Out, you know, where it's like this idea of growing up and you're losing these old simple worlds that that used to make you up and now you're having to build new ones. If, even if those new ones are going to be better than the old ones, it's still scary and hard. So just recognizing that no matter how much you're like, this is great. It's, it just means you're growing up and you're going to be prepared and I have supplies. And like, it still might be like, this is gross and I hate being a girl, you know? Yeah. I mean, I remember feeling that way and I didn't really have anybody saying positive things about it in my life, but I think just giving them room to be like, yeah, you know, like this is, this is real. Like, I know that it kind of, sucks that this is something that you do have to deal with all the time, but there's also really good things about it because then you can, you get to have babies someday maybe, or, you know, there's some things that are different about it. I love though that you're preparing your daughter, Rebecca, because it's like talking about it, right? That's the most important thing. Making sure that you have an open line of communication so that if anything is happening, even prior, that they just know they can come to you with those questions that to them feel like very embarrassing, that to us, especially, don't you think that as you get older, like maybe in your 30s, for sure, I think even in your 20s, you're still a little more like posturing, but you get into your 30s and you just like reel with your girlfriends. Like all of a sudden you're talking about like, this happens when I do this and people are like, oh yeah. And you're like, this is growing out of what, who, where, you know, <laughs> and and people will be like, my husband is shocked that my girlfriends and I talk about these things. He's like, What? You're just so frank. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, we don't, we don't care anymore. You know, we just, we feel very open to talk to each other. And so when my daughters would come to me and say something in this like horrified manner, like this is happening to me. And I'm like, yeah, girlfriend, that happens to everybody. You know, they're, they're like, really? Cause it feels so singularly embarrassing to them. Yeah. Um, but just, just trying to normalize it. And I will say that for me, the period panties, get a gold star. Did not have those for my oldest, for my youngest, especially as like, you know, cycles are wonky and they're oftentimes like very light, but for days and days and days, those period panties are fantastic because they really do hold a lot and they're comfortable and you can get them in tons of styles. And you, I think that I did buy the original Thinks ones that are a little bit more expensive, but you can find them in lots of places anymore. And it's a great step you know, into getting there. If it feels like this is a lot for me to have to put something on and then take it off. And what if I'm in the bathroom at school? Um, for those lighter days, I think it's it's just 
such a great thing to help those, you know, youngest women to transition in. I'm really hopeful that like the younger generation is not going to know the same horror that we all know Mm -hmm. of like leaking through things, you know, because of this fabulous invention. (laughs) I haven't used them myself and I don't have them yet for my daughter, but I'm, they're on my list. I think that they are, I think that they're like the, one of the greatest inventions of our time. (laughs) That is a really good question. I don't think that my younger daughter has ever like leaked through something outside of just like her pajamas. You know what I mean? Like sleeping at night. Um, that's a really good point. Yes. Because does, don't we all have a story of like, Oh, I wore the white pants and, or, you know, even not white pants. Like I stood up out of my, my seat at school and there's like a little, Oh, it's awful. So yes, maybe we've evolved beyond that. (laughs) Okay, well, what should we talk about next? You pick something. I pick something. Okay, fabulous. How about, okay, how about just a couple little rapid fire? Love it. Some quick some quick things, okay? Um, I got some questions about Olive and June. Now, listen, mm-hmm. I love Olive and June. I use great restraint in not talking about it 24-7 on the podcast, Um I love it, though. I I have drank the Kool-Aid, and I am 100% hooked. So Angie asked me, what is my current fave shade from Olive and June, my favorite polish color? And I would have to say I'm really enjoying their fall collection that they came out with. I really like this green color that they have. It's called Geometry. All of the fall colors have, like, school classroom names. Oh, fun. So I really like geometry, and I really like this blue color that is called social studies. The blue, they say it's like a like a a faded uh, sweatshirt. You know, like you get your favorite like navy sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. It's been bleached in the sun. It's like a faded navy. I really really like it. I just think they're super classy and pretty. And I personally am drawn to these really like darker colors. Um, they're they're a big hit for me. And Jessica also asked about Alvin June. She says, I just started Alvin June. What colors do you recommend starting out with for variety and how well do the glitters work? Well, first of all, I will say the glitter polishes work great, but they're really hard to get off. And yeah. I'm experimenting with trying to figure out how to get them off. There's different hacks. I can't um, give too much testimony to any of those yet. I'm still working on it, trying to figure it out, but they look beautiful. As far as um, recommending colors for somebody just starting out, I would say that like a glitter polish or one of their metallic shades can be really fun to use and like mix things up with like an accent nail or something yeah. that would like push you outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Uh, they have these really pretty gold metallics, a uh, a bronze metallic color, and a rose gold, and a silver metallic. They're all really pretty, and they would be a great fit. If you're looking for like a good... I feel like everybody needs like a good classic red, and I'm still kind of um, personally a little bit intimidated by a good deep <laughs> red. It's, it's on my list to experiment more with, um, but 
CV is their like standard, like classic, like true, true red. But then they also came out with a color in their uh, winter launch that's more of a really like deep red that has maybe some more brown undertones to it. And it's called Cozy Up. And I think that's what I'm going to try on my very next uh, manicure mm. that I do. And I think that those two would be good to look at if you're looking to get like a good deep red. And then personally, like I said, I'm really into uh, the green geometry and the blue social studies. And I also really liked, if you're feeling kind of brave, I really like the color Yes, Please. It's a super bright blue and I wore it at the beach and it was so fun and just made me feel so happy. Um, Anyway, those are just some of my recommendations. Get yourself a metallic, get yourself a good classic red and experiment with maybe a blue or a green. It's yeah. so fun. I have not dipped my toes like literally into the olive and June <laughs> pool yet. And I usually don't have paint on my nails, but I almost always get pedicures. Although the one I have right now is halfway grown out. It's embarrassing. Um, but I love blue, like blue. It's really hard for me. It's a, it's a happy color, like you said. Mm-hmm. So even in the winter when I'm like, I feel like I should choose something with more gravitas. <laughs> like I should, <laughs> I should choose like a black or a you know deep purple or even a red. And I'm like, I, I do it and then I regret it. I'm like, I want like a blue or a blue green. I almost always do put sparkles on, although you are not wrong. They are impossible to get off. <laughs> um, and that's probably why my pedicure is still on because it's, it's sparkles on top. And so it's, it's like another toenail. It's like, it like forms its own armor. <laughs> don't you think? It's like yeah, it's, impenetrable. It's frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. Well, Halvin June has some really beautiful blue shades. You'll have to experiment with them. I, yeah, I, I probably might. own the most of blue. Well, no, that's not true. Halvin June sent me several shades that are like reds and pinks. So I probably own the most okay. in reds and pinks. But besides that, then it's it's definitely blue. And speaking of this nail polish, Megan asked, she says, Rebecca, I am sure you have seen the Harry Styles nail polish lineup. Will you be trying these? And reporting back to us. And Megan, I don't think I'm going to buy it. Oh, cheating. So I just have to say, Rebecca, this is a side note, and maybe many superstars can relate to this. Literally, every time a Harry Styles song comes on the radio, Taylor will be like, it's Rebecca. Do you want to text Rebecca? And I'm like, I'm not going to text her every time (laughs) Harry Styles comes on the radio. But I do think of you, and even my daughter knows about your obsession. It's like spread that far. So I feel like you're not, like you're refusing a part of Harry Styles right now, and I don't know who you are. I Okay, first of all, I'm very honored (laughs) that when you hear Harry Styles, you think of me. It feels like I've done something right. But also, you are so accurate in this, that I'm not like going to try it? Like, who am I? I almost say it with, like, I'm holding my chest. Like, hold, <laughs> like, like, am I really not going to? Am I really? But this is I, horrible. Can I say this okay. on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> but I looked into it, okay? First of all, it's, like, expensive. I think each bottle of polish is, like, $20. What? I think. Yeah. Harry, why you, why you be like this to us? Well, I think it's super environmentally friendly. Okay. And, you know, that yeah comes at the cost but but right um also i'm just like like i said i've drank the kool-aid on olive and june so part of me is like why why would i right 
I mean, for Harry, maybe. But so he has some other skincare stuff and I looked into it and I just don't have the desire. But he is selling sweatshirts that have the the name of his company on it. It's called Pleasing. That's the line. That's like the the lifestyle brand name that he okay. has given to all of this. Pleasing. And I want one. But they're probably <laughs> going to be like $75. Yeah. And uh, stupid, but it is stupid. But like, that's what I want. That's what you want. Okay. I want the sweatshirt. So this is good to know, because if anybody listens to this, who's ever going to buy you a gift to know, (laughs) because I think a lot of people might look at the Harry Styles nail polish order and be like, oh, Rebecca would love that. People don't buy the nail polish. Go for the sweatshirt. Pool your money. Give her something to wear, not just have on her nails. She has all of them. I want want the black one, probably in a large. (laughs) (laughs) And if it comes, if there's the option that it comes with the hoodie, I want the hoodie kind and not just the sweatshirt kind. I'm just being specific. I, I'm, I'm just going to say, yes, I universe. will tag Nate Hoffer. <laughs> Once this comes out, I'll be like, Psst, listen. I know. <laughs> but you're right. You would think I would want the nail polish. But I, guys, I am really hooked on this Olive and June stuff. I never used to paint my nails and now they're always painted and I don't want to mess up a good thing. Yeah. And also, it's just $8 a, poly- a bottle right. versus like 20 What in the world, Harry? Very affordable. Yes. No. I, I completely get that. And it is, you know how it is. Like, I, do you feel, do you worry that people are going to buy you everything Harry Styles? When people know that you have something that's like a, a you know, something that you really like or that you're collecting, all of a sudden, people buy you like Harry Styles dish eggs or Harry Styles socks. And you're like, eh, I like his music. I don't have to wear him on my feet. No, like I, I'm mad you don't that care. doesn't okay. happen more. <laughs> She's like, yes, I please. <laughs> I literally have Harry Styles socks and I am grateful for them. Okay. I, I, I'm mad that I don't get more Harry Styles <laughs> I love this I'm so wearing much. a Harry Styles shirt right you now. You are. I can't even see the whole thing, but now that you're holding it out, of course it is. <laughs> That's so funny. I love – I collected in like my – Early married days, I have always loved kind of like the 1950s style, like the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And so as a part of that, and it was like right after the 80s when Coca-Cola was a big, you know, like name brand even, that I started to collect Coke stuff. So for years, like at Christmas, like people would always give me, you know, whatever, unique Coke bottles or Coke like icon things. And so my kitchen was like loosely a Coke kitchen. That could be taken wrong so many different ways, but you guys know what I mean. Um, I cooked a lot of Coke. <laughs> no, I mean, even though like the rest of my kitchen wasn't a 50s diner, you know what I mean? It wasn't what I really was looking in my brain. It was kind of that red vinyl booth with like the white and like the Coke mm-hmm. stuff, but that was not my kitchen. <laughs> I lived in normal suburban houses in San Diego. So it, it was a little weird. I had a uh, garden window. Do you know those garden windows? Are those like popular everywhere. I I saw them the most in California. Like it's a a big window that bumps out from your house and it has some shelves in it you can put your plants in. It's kind of like a little sun room, but it's just a window. Sure. Oh, that would be nice. But I didn't grow plants. So that's where I kept my Coke collection. Like I would put all of the things in there and like the Coke bear, the polar bear and stuff. After a while, I was like, I don't need any more Coke stuff. People, People can stop buying me Coke stuff. 
So. Yeah, it becomes like an easy like gimmicky thing. Yes. Like it's like, oh, it's it, yeah, and it's fun to like when you are out on the hunt for something, you're like, oh, this would be right. fun to add to the collection. But then when everybody else in your life jumps on board, it gets to be a bit much. Yeah, I haven't had that problem yet with Harry Styles. Um but but I welcome it. But you welcome it. Yes. You're like just further deeper into the pool, please. Yeah. My biggest complaint is that like I'm not I'm not I don't have a college dorm room. Like I'm very much <laughs> a married woman with kids. Like like that's my complaint. There's a shower curtain that I would love to have, but I'm a married woman with three children. So like that's like the big problem. I love this so much. So you need like a secret apartment. And it's not mm-hmm. so that you could have some clandestine affair. It's just so that you can have all of your Harry Styles merch proudly displayed. So you know, like posters. It Yes, it would be so fun. I have a friend, she's a superstar, and we joke that we should start a Harry Styles uh, podcast. And I often will send her things that I find and say, um, like, this needs to be in our office. This is for our office. And it'll be like a link to some poster or some sort of art fan artwork that somebody's made. Oh, this would be great for our office. <sighs> Someday. 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 That just that makes me awesome. so happy. I love it so much. <laughs> we also got a lot of questions about Christmas. And you guys, here's here's where the synergy really gets real, is you're sending in these questions. And stay tuned, because on Friday, December 3rd, Meg and I have an episode coming out about Christmas and about how... I. I I, I didn't want to call it this, but it's like how to make the holidays great again was the kind of the idea of like, how do we reinvent the holidays when you don't feel that holiday spirit or kind of in keeping with the beginning of our conversation, the holidays are changing, like whether you want it to or not, things are changing in your family and your life, and it's not what it was. And so you kind of are waking up and saying, oh, this isn't working anymore. Like I'm trying to make something happen that doesn't work anymore. So that's what this whole Friday show is about. So if you want to talk about how to get in a crispy mood, Christmassy mood when you don't feel like very Christmassy or like Christmas hacks, that sort of stuff, tune in on Friday. That's what we're talking about. Um, but I do want to know this because we actually talked about this in the show, Rebecca. Meg and I, okay. when we were recording, we were pondering did you end up going to your parents last year? Or was this the first Christmas that you woke up in your own house? Did You talked about that mm-hmm. on the air? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we were like, well, Rebecca does this. And as far as we know, she's always done this. But then we were like, but it was pandemic. And now, we, like, we probably knew last Christmas. And, but because we have pandemic brain, we don't remember. <laughs> we don't even remember what we did for last Christmas. We were like, I don't know. I don't know what Rebecca did. Okay. Well, Laura asked this question um, when I was reaching out for questions and I'll answer it. So now all the superstars will know, but I'm sure I'll get lots more questions (laughs) come Friday. Um, Yes, we did go. Now here's the thing is that December uh, 2020, the CDC was asking and states were asking, like, do not cross state lines. Like we don't want people crossing state lines. If you do, you need to quarantine when you get there or quarantine when you come back. Uh, this is this is no good. We really do not want you to be doing this. And um, my family felt really strongly like we should listen to that. <laughs> 
but we didn't <laughs> because we also felt really, really strongly that we just really wanted to be together. We wanted to be there and we have this really strong tradition. So it was truthfully, it was with like guilty hearts that we went and we went to Ohio anyway. Uh, we did not leave the house. We went for a walk at a park and that was it. We didn't go out to restaurants. We didn't, um, we didn't, we didn't go into stores. We, we didn't go anywhere. Did you even Um, test? This is starting to come back to me now. Or were tests not really available at that point? Like, you know, easily to be able to be like, well, we can test and see and try to isolate as much as we can. Cause they were saying that they were like, we really don't want you to go. But if you do like try to, you know, completely isolate for two weeks, test that sort of stuff. So we didn't do any tests before we went. But then when we came back, my husband did. He got a negative. He got a COVID test so that he could return to work. I had contacted the kids' schools and asked them um, how long they would need to quarantine or if they would need a test. And at that point, the CDC was saying um, only kids 12 and up needed mm-hmm. to quarantine or have tests. So my children were all young enough that they didn't have to quarantine or have a test. Um, so we didn't do that. And then I chose, I, I literally just chose to stay at home for like two mm-hmm. weeks. I mean, all I did was drive my kids to school anyway. Right. But um, we we did shorten our time there so that we were kind of like, we were there, we spent some time, and then we kind of hurried up and came back home so that um, – there would be a longer amount of time between being with family and our kids going back to school. I don't think it was a full, it wasn't a full two weeks, Mm -hmm. um, but it was, it was longer than what we typically would have done. And it was the same for my sister and her family. They kind of, they even stayed a shorter amount of time. They're like, we're going to go and then we're going to come right back. Right. right. (laughs) Um, And then I think my sister, she got a negative test. I think my niece and nephew, they were able to wait out the two weeks because they were uh, college students and they had a long break. So they weren't going anywhere. And then my brother-in-law, I think he was working from home. So it didn't matter for him and he was able to wait it out. So... We went, we took a really nice full family photo, which we do not do very often, do not do often enough. And we purposely decided we're not posting this anywhere, like on social media. Mm. Like, this is so nice. We look, look at how nice it is that we're all together. But just out of like respect for so many people yeah. who made that hard choice to stay home or who literally have like frontline jobs that like they, it was not at all worth the mm-hmm. risk in any way or with their jobs they just simply couldn't um we didn't want to be insulting to those who yeah. couldn't have the experience that we were having um it really we did really did feel like some some guilt around it but it was nice to go and even if we just literally stayed at my parents house <laughs> the entire time it was it was really nice to be there yeah. so yes I'm still here. I am 39 years every year woken up in that same house. <laughs> and I'm assuming going that you're going this 40. year too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we are. And this will yeah. hopefully not have to be as shortened. It seems like even though cases haven't really fallen like we've wanted them to and with new variants and blah, 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 blah. Um, like it's not over. I want it to be over. I just want it to be over. I know. Everyone's so I weary, know. right? Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think. We have so many more tools at our disposal this holiday that it seems like you should be able to go with more comfort, you know, like you 
you can get tests and um, you can, there's just more, more things that you can do. You know, if adults are vaccinated, that helps a lot. Yeah. And we're vaccinated. I Mm -hmm. mean, last Christmas, nobody was vaccinated. We were sitting around the dining room table and my husband was saying, Hey, he was going to end up being the first one in the family vaccinated because of the the job that he has. He had just received notice that he was going to be vaccinated in early January. We were all like, wow, it's actually happening. You know? Um, So it, yeah, there's going to be more peace of mind for sure this year. And, a lot less guilt, I think. Yeah, yeah, which is I think good. We, I, I think we both, my sister and I, I think we both so desperately wanted to do the right thing, but also <laughs> refused to do the right thing. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, we're, we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, and we feel really bad about it, but we're not changing our mind. <laughs> but I think that you were also being careful. You know, you weren't being reckless. Um so, yeah, I think that was the hard thing about last year and why we, you know, for a long time and still really in the main hangout for sure, we just are like, let's not ask questions of like, what should I, how should I handle this COVID scenario? Because it's so personal. And, yeah. you know, we know what the standard answers are. Many of us, you know, like don't go, which is honestly, usually don't go anywhere, stay six feet apart, wear a mask at all times. Um, but that's not feasible for for many reasons, for lots of different things. And there are ways to do it and still be safe, especially this Christmas, you know, getting vaccinated, taking rapid tests, really, you can be very, very safe. So there shouldn't have to be this guilt. And hopefully it makes it less fraught for people to really be able to enjoy the holidays this year. I think, you know, one of the things that we haven't talked about is um, like, Last year was that one-off where we didn't really celebrate family with anybody. Like it was, the, they were quieter, simpler holiday celebrations. And now we're back into it. I know that that comes with its own mixed bag for a lot of people. Like, oh, you know, do I want to just do everything again, or what do I want to do? Um, but it is probably worth just recognizing that we have, we're not out of it, but we've come a long ways. Very true. Very very true. Yeah. Well, to end things up, why don't we do one last little Christmas question here? And Kelly, I want to know what is on your personal Christmas wish list this year? Oh, such a good question. Isn't it hard? You guys. Oh, my word. I have a million answers. You it's have a million answers. It's never hard for me. It's never hard. <laughs> Maybe you do a better job of recognizing it when they pop up. Like, I'll think of things, but then if I don't write them down, they don't stick in my head, which is true for all gifts at all times. You know, like, I need to have a running list. I'll see something in a store and I'll be like, that would be perfect for Natalie or that would be perfect for my friend Allison. But it was like, it just, then they go away when I need them. So... One thing that I'm looking for, because I don't know that it was a superstar. I don't remember who gave me this, Rebecca. But several years ago now, an awesome made me a hat that I can fit my messy bun through up on the top. I remember that. Yeah. I love that hat so much, but I only have one. So I'm like, I need more messy bun hats (laughs) so that I can go out for walks. Because that's one thing that I have really done this last year. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know this, is I have really tried to embrace just getting outside as much as possible when we didn't have anything else to do in the pandemic. It made it a little bit easier, but like it just has really helped with mental everything, you know, just spiritual. It's great. So um, being able to throw a hat on, even if I have a bun, is fantastic. So I want some colorful, messy bun hats. Like that's a small thing. I have a couple of shops that I love so much that are both like local here in Minnesota 
that I thought, you know, even if I just said to people, one of them, in fact, has been an awesome of the week. It was the Woodfire Candle Company. They're based in northern Minnesota and they make um, candles. They're like a soy-based, wonderful smells, and they have a wood wick, so they crackle when they burn. Like, buy me, you know, like if I just said to people anything at that store, like pick it, that would be fine. And there's another store way up north that's called, um, like his kind of aesthetic, the guy who owns it. He's really, you guys, he's like David Rose, only set in Minnesota. He owns this little store in this little town and it is so cute and lifestyle is like Northwoods modern. And his stuff is not cheap. And he is, he is like David Rose though. Like he's like, only not he's like a mixture of David and Patrick. Like he's he's not as grumpy, but he definitely has a sense of style to what he wears. Like is not dressing like your your average person, and he's he's just the best. And so everything that his store stocks. And here's the other thing: is it's awful, a little pricey, right? So it's stuff that I often don't buy myself because I'm like, oh, that's that's more money than I want to spend on a pair of earrings or on whatever it might be. It just all the different random things. So that's kind of how I'm going as I'm trying to think about it. It's like, I see his stuff on Instagram. And I'm like, really, you could buy me anything from his store. And I would be so happy because his whole thing is fantastic. And I love him as a person. Um, and that sort of thing. What do you have? What are some of the things on your list, though? That's that's a really good question, because maybe you'll inspire us all. Well, besides the Harry Styles shower curtain, <laughs> of course, um, <laughs> the there's some things that have been awesomes of the week. Even most recently, Meg was talking about these um, dainty layered uh, necklaces, yes. and I they're very affordable. I put one of those on um, on my wish list. Um, Sweet Sally Soaps is a um, organic and like handmade soap company that's pretty local to me. That I always have them on my list. It's like my favorite indulgence to have this fun bar Mm -hmm. of soap in the shower. Um, Roxanne's Candles is another one that I think has been an awesome of the week for me. I went to college with her. She makes these, again, they're like a soy-based candle with a wooden wick, like high quality. Um, Just really, I love good, like ones that smell like yummy food, like pumpkin or cinnamon Mm -hmm. or apple. I really like those kinds of smells. Um, So those things are like almost always on my list well except for the the necklace um this year i'm also asking for some like macrame a macrame plant hanger Mm -hmm. um i you know have gotten into plants and i have really i don't know if this is actually going to work but i have super high ceilings i have 10 foot ceilings and i have um radiator heat that is, uh, it's like hot water that's sent up through some pipes. Yeah. And these pipes, I ha- anyway, anyway, it's kind of hard to describe, but I have some pipes in my house that have like a bend at the top near the ceiling that I think I could hang a plant from. Like what, there, it's always like a set of two. So like it goes up hot and it comes down cold the other side. Okay. Well, I, so I have a pipe that I, that doesn't get hot that I could hang a plant on. And I'm I'm curious to just test it out and experiment with it and try that out. So anyway, and do you have are... plants like a spider plant or something that hangs down that could hang down from the planter or mm-hmm. okay yeah. yeah 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 so I'm I'm I don't know I'm just kind of exp- excited to experiment with that and see how it works. Yeah, that's those my are really ceilings good. might be too tall. I don't I don't know. I have to <gasps> see if I got the right size. Yeah, but I bet you could find a way to make it work. Either to get one that's longer or to have somebody. I don't know. Is macrame a verb? 
to macrame you a like a strip yeah like an extension strip so that they could be a little bit lower so that you could water them or they could be in the light or whatever i love what you said about indulgences because i think that that's a good way to think about it like what is something and, and maybe this is something that you just need to keep track of through the year like me because i lose track of things what is something that you're like, I love this store or I love this product um, or this is an indulgence for me that I probably wouldn't buy myself? You know, one of the things that I haven't put on my list, but maybe I will, is some of the fragrances that Meg recommends often. Oh, you know, like, like yeah. I, I love, love, love Clinique Happy. So that I will buy for myself and it feels like an indulgence because I like it so much. But like if somebody bought me a small sample of some of these other fragrances, it would be super fun to try. And it's probably not something I'm going to splurge on myself because I'm like, you have Clinique Happy. You know, like that's your yeah. signature scent, girl. Um, but right. if somebody else bought it for me, I would do that. So yeah, I will have to ask in the Superstars group, what is on your list? Because that always inspires us to be, oh, when people ask, that's something else I could suggest. That would be a good thing. Here's one weird thing I have on my list that nobody else is going to have on theirs. And it's these sausage patty sandwiches from a butcher that's close to my mom's house. <laughs> okay, that's a little weird. But wait, what? Sauce, they come as a sandwich or they're sausage patties that you can like cook and put on a sandwich? That one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Pa- mm-hmm. See, I, I, food is a gift is like speaking to my whole soul right there, Rebecca. Well, my big thing that I used to always say that I would put on any wish list is anything that gets me out of cooking, cleaning, or gives me time to myself. So like if you want to like promise to take my kids or like give me a restaurant gift card or anything like that. But I just I love these sausage patties and my family loves them and they're a really good, easy, quick mm-hmm. meal for me. But they're, I haven't found a local place that makes them. And it's just I don't know. It's a quirky little gift. But it's fun to put on the list. Yeah, I was actually thinking that there's this grocery store in the Twin Cities for the locals. It's Kowalski's that is very kind of high end and ritzy and it feels like an indulgence. In fact, my sister left me a vlog through the week and she said, if I had unlimited money, I would do all my grocery shopping at Kowalski's because it's just this like beautiful store and it feels so nice in there, but everything's way more expensive too, you know? So you kind of, we just shop there for specialty items really, but they have... A four alarm cheddar cheese from a little, like part of what they do is a lot of local small food purveyors. So it's from a farm in Iowa. It is, oh, so good. And I will go there. Like I went there the day just to buy cheese. So I was like, could someone just get me cheese for Christmas? <laughs> like, I, Hey, I'm telling you, all the cool kids are putting weird food on their list. So give it a try. I love it. I love it. Let's do that. <laughs> Well, Superstars, thank you so much for your support. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for all of the good vibes and prayers that you are sending Meg's way um, as she supports her family and prayers for her dad and his recovery. We, of course, appreciate it. And be sure that you chime in on Friday to listen to this epic Christmas episode between Meg and Kelly as they talk about some of these other questions that we have not we were not able to get to you guys had such good questions but um, we will be covering it all in that Friday episode or in other episodes yet to come Mm -hmm. don't forget to sign up for texting and um, as Meg says what did she say we'll see y'all next time that's what she says yes that's (laughs) good well done Rebecca bye guys bye